So my first year uh, being ordained a priest, I was in Butte, Montana, and it was a Sunday, and um, my aunt and uncle have all their kids come over for a Sunday dinner, which is huge. They had six kids, and then include their spouses and grandchildren. And so it's kind of funny. They do this every, they used to do this every week. The whole table goes from the um, kitchen through the dining room into the front room. And it's just what, like one huge long table. Um, And so I showed up for dinner and um, you have to understand about the Butte people. They're very shy and reticent about their opinions. And yet my aunt, she's a Mokahi, which I really love the Mokahis, but they have a bad reputation in Butte for being incredibly um, bold, uh, which I love. So we're at dinner, all of us, and um, my aunt, who I absolutely loved, she starts it because my cousin uh, is, uh, his wife is pregnant, well, not his wife, his significant other is pregnant. And um, my aunt, no, I I love this, but I'm obnoxious. Um, My aunt says, so, Jimmy, are you going to baptize your child? And um, uh, Jimmy says, well, you know, we've talked about it and we've decided um, we're just going to let the baby choose its own religion. And she says, well, that's interesting. What do you think, Father Len? And I was like, thank you for, you know, throwing me under the bus. So, of course, you know, I always have an opinion. So I said, well, really, Jimmy, are you going to let the baby choose whatever it eats? Are you going to let your baby choose whether to decide it wants to do its homework or not? Are you going to let your child choose when it's going to come home? You know, if you wouldn't even let your child, if you're going to make the choices on what to even eat it, because otherwise they'll just eat candy, why wouldn't you commit your child to the most important decision of all? And that is dedicating them to God. I just don't understand why you would dodge that major commitment. And his significant other, um, she says, why, we just feel like uh, we shouldn't force our child to do anything. So then my aunt, and she's not mean, don't get me wrong, I love her. She's not mean, but she is pointed. And I forget my cousin's wife's name, but she says, you know, you complain about your parents um, who were never committed, that they were just willy-nilly showed no commitment. That's what you say you like about our family, is that we have certain beliefs and standards. You say you like that. You say you don't like it about your own parents who are never really, like her parents weren't married. They didn't want to get married. My cousin and him didn't want to get married because they don't need a piece of paper to prove that they love each other. Did you complain about the lack of commitment all the time? And then you admire our family because we're a family of commitment. And she said, and my aunt was right. She says, you know, you'll never be happy unless you can make commitment. Now, years later, I was studying this thing called positive psychology. And they did all these research studies that people who make commitments, commitments do limit your choices. They limit your choices. They limit your freedom. And yet, over and over, 
those people who make commitment turn out happier. So I'll give them, like, this sounds kind of strange, an example. It's not a great one, but they have two, um, they have this art studio. And you can buy whatever picture you want um, or rent it for uh, one month. And if you don't like it, or sorry, one year, and if you don't like it, just come back and exchange it for something else. The other group of people, they say, oh, you can rent it for one year, but you have to keep it for one year. You can't exchange it. Guess which group turns out to be more happier? The ones who don't have as many options. But no, I'm making this choice and I'm sticking with it. Doesn't matter whether it's art or whatever. People that make commitments turn out happier. And it seems illogical because I want to keep all my options open. Maybe we're not designed to. We're a species that I think is designed to make commitments. If you want to get to happy, if you want to get to holy, make commitments. And so this sounds kind of strange. In Jewish law, when a child is born, you have a presentation and commit them to God. So today is the feast day of Mary's presentation where Anna and Joachim, um, sorry, Joaquin, uh, Joachim is a, no, no, Joachim is a Hebrew. Um, they take Mary to the temple and it's dedicated. So really, this feast is less about the Virgin Mary and more about her parents. But she had parents that taught her the way of commitment. And then um, Mary is consecrated to God. So just, this sounds kind of strange. This is my big thing. Because Protestants will say, well, you shouldn't baptize babies. That would be so un-Jewish. Um, no, you make your commitment. Um, you commit your child. That's a law. So anyhow, um, all of us have been committed. And then, this sounds kind of strange, this idea of commitment. Every time we go to the Eucharist, that's a recommitment to Christ. Over and over, we're consecrating ourselves to God. Or think about this. Um, I love the first reading of Eleazar, the old man, who in the Greeks have overtaken um, Israel. They, they want to wipe out Judaism. So they'll torture people, and you have this old man who's threatened that he has to deny his Jewish faith or be executed. And they say, this, hey, listen, this is all you have to do. Take some other meat, like lamb, that you can eat, and pretend like it's pork and eat it. And you really won't be breaking your law about pork, and you can live. You just have to pull one over on everybody. And the old man says, why, why would I do that? You know, I'm going to spend, for a couple extra days, I'm going to try and fake people out. He's this great example of, no, I, I'm not going to do that. I, I've made my commitment to God, and I'm going to keep it. I think he died bravely and happy. I think if you try and just save your life and live a life where you're not committed to anything, you'll never get to holy and happy. Or Zacchaeus, and I forget what meal it is. The Gospel of Luke, as you know, is 10 meals with Jesus. And each meal is committing yourself to a moral way of life. The meal with Zacchaeus is if you share at the table of Christ, you're committed to justice. So over and over, we believe the way of holy and happy leads through making commitments. So my aunt, even without studying positive psychology, knew the way to holiness and happy 
is through making commitments. And so it sounds bold at this huge dinner to embarrass her own son, but I don't think she was trying to embarrass him. I think she was wanting what's best for him. The logic of, oh, we don't need a piece of paper to prove our love. We don't need to have our child make a commitment. Um, I don't think by her own, cra- the, my cousin's significant other, she complained that her family was just a mess. Well, I think commitment leads to happiness. So we're here again this morning in this Eucharist to commit ourselves to the way of Christ, the same way Mary did in her life. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.